you just pay your loan and you let your tenant take care of everything else. So they're gonna, something breaks, they're gonna have to fix it. They're gonna do usually groundskeeping, all that kind of stuff that you normally would be responsible for as a residential landlord. Now that's all gonna fall onto your commercial tenant. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. So if you're thinking that you might want to go the commercial route and invest in some commercial property, let me just, let's just talk through a few major differences. So there are five major differences between, well, actually there are probably a million major differences, but there's five that we're going to focus on today. One is that normally when you're investing commercial real estate, you're going to have to put down a higher down payment. So sometimes with residential, you can get away with maybe 10%. Normally with commercial, it's going to be 20 to 30% minimum for your down payment. Ordinarily with your commercial property, you're going to have less involvement. So in general, residential people are much more likely to pick up the phone and call you when there's a problem, whereas your commercial clients, normally that's not going to happen. And we'll talk about why that is as we get further down the list. So in general, commercial is giving higher returns. Now that is just so incredibly dependent on location and the, you know what class it's in and all that other stuff. But like in a big gigantic general sense, the average return on investment or the average return for commercial property is about 12.7%, which is higher than the normal residential rate. Another way is the way you value real estate when you're looking at commercial real estate versus residential. A lot of the value of a residential property has to do with its location, right? You hear that all the time, location, location, location. If it's the right property for that location, residential is gonna be more expensive. But for commercial, part of the magic of commercial is that a lot of the valuation for it is the cash flow, right? It doesn't matter where it is as long as it's making money. So if you can go in there and change the use or change something about the mix, you know, fix it up, raise the rates, get everybody paying more, then without touching anything else, you can immediately raise the value of your property. Okay, you don't have to pick it up and move it to a better location. Basically what you're doing is maybe you're changing the tenant mix. Maybe you're just making things more attractive. Maybe you're able to secure more parking. Something that you did to the property made the tenants pay more rent. And that by the tenants paying more rent, you're immediately going to see it a higher valuation of the property. So doing a commercial flip can actually be a lot easier and kind of fun compared to doing a residential flip. And like we talked about earlier, there are some really great opportunities for commercial property, but you gotta think out of the box. And the final major difference between commercial and residential is the type of lease that you have. So normally you have a residential lease and it's you know a year, maybe, maybe two years, and you're doing everything, right? You are in charge of fixing anything that breaks. With a commercial lease, most commercial leases are what's called triple net lease. So a triple net lease means that the, the person who's doing the leasing, the person who's actually going to be occupying that commercial property is gonna be paying the taxes. So they're gonna pay their own real estate taxes. They're gonna pay their own insurance. And they're normally going to have to pay for their own maintenance. So that's a triple net lease. And normally 
that means that you just pay your loan and you let your tenant take care of everything else. So they're going to, something breaks, they're going to have to fix it. They're going to do usually groundskeeping, all that kind of stuff that you normally would be responsible for as a residential landlord. Now that's all going to fall onto your commercial tenant. Commercial also ordinarily has a longer lease. So your average commercial tenant is going to have a five to 10 year lease. So that's way different than residential situation. So that can be good and bad, right? It can be that you're stuck with this low rent for, you know, eight more years, or it can be that, you know, you've got guaranteed income as long as this company doesn't go out of business. So two factors to the longer lease scenario. So those are some really good things about why commercial is so cool. And like I said, although it's changing in some parts of the country, in general, it is a more favorable time in many places to buy a commercial space than it is to buy a residential space. So like in my space where it was just a big gigantic office space, it was a 6,000 square foot office building that they were trying to sell or rent to one person, right? So that's one big company that's going to have to occupy all 29 offices, all 6,000 square feet. Well, by reimagining that space as a shared space, and that's another thing you can do, like this is going to be like a, almost like a work bar, we work type of model. But there are other things that are that are called like an entrepreneurial like incubator, right? So e- people who are just like small, they used to get their own little office. This model that I have is even more granular than that. So it's not a whole bunch of little companies having their own office in a bigger office space where they don't have to worry about their own electricity or their own whatever. It's even bigger than that because here you can rent just a chair. Basically, you can rent just an office room. You can rent just this recording studio that I'm in right now. So that's even a layer more granular. And because it is that, and there's more, I'm putting more into the property for the people. So I'm buying their desks and I'm paying for their internet and all the insurance. So somebody can literally just come here and sit down, use the printer, use the Wi-Fi, and not have to do anything themselves. And because of that, they're paying a premium. So an office that, you know, one of these offices that I could n- normally get maybe five, $600 a month for, if I had one tenant, that same office is going to be making about 1500 to $2,000 a month because they're going to be five people sharing that office. And they're going to be all from different companies. So each desk is going to pay three or $400 a month to rent the desk that I've provided and the chair that I provided and all, you know, like they need a lamp or whatever. That's all going to be included in the, even their little file cabinet. So they're paying basically a premium, but it's better for them because they don't have to rent a whole office suite just to put their one little desk. So it saves them money and it makes me more money. So in general, just like anywhere, the more you do for your clients, the more money you get. What is available in your area for a commercial space that you could potentially reimagine as a space that could make more money? Let's say there's one big place that used to be a restaurant and maybe you could turn it into two restaurants. Maybe you could turn it into a restaurant and a bakery or maybe, you know, like what can you do to like sort of really think? Sometimes you can buy a residential space and you can take the bottom floor, like if it's at the street level, and you can make that into a commercial space. That gives you a mixed use of tenants. So some commercial and some residential, which is can be really powerful, especially as markets are changing. So don't look at what something is today. Imagine what it could be. And you may very well benefit from that financially because you saw something that someone else wasn't able to see. 
even sometimes a large industrial space, right? Imagine like, okay, there's just this big, ugly warehouse building. I've seen some amazing like photography studios and hair salons and, you know, things like that that are in these big industrial buildings because the same thing. Instead of like, oh, this is gigantic space. It's just a big industrial space. But if you could just partition it up a little bit and help your clients. But that, of course, depends upon finding the right mix of tenants. So make sure that if you're changing the use, that usually means that you're going to be vacant for a while while you transition from one use to another. So make sure that you have that buffer. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to tell you about commercial, except that, you know, I, you know, I don't have a ton of experience. You know, I'm doing my very first commercial project, but it's fun and it's exciting. Oh, so some things that are going to be different if you've done a residential project are things like the permitting process and what you're able to do. Like in a lot of towns, even if you want to put up a sign, you're going to have to go before some kind of a planning board or zoning board and request permission for that sign. You're going to have to request permission for a lot of things that you might not have to worry about if you were just doing residential. So before you launch into this space and buy something as you've reimagined it, just make sure that the zoning and the town or city is going to allow you to do what you want to do. When I first started looking at this space, I looked up the zoning for this building and it basically said it was industrial and that offices were not allowed here. So I thought, well, that's really bad. <laughs> Only certain types of offices like R&D sort of buildings and things like that, but you couldn't do just like a typical office. So I immediately had to reach out to the town and see what the story was. I said, you know, I'm buying this place and I'm thinking that I'm going to put offices here. And so I was able to connect with the with the planning commission and they told me that this particular building had been grandfathered and that office space was definitely allowed here. So I saved that email. <laughs> but yeah, definitely do your due diligence and make sure that what you think, don't just like me, oh, I'm just going to go do this thing and it's going to be fantastic. Even putting a commercial space on the ground floor of your residential space, that's not always allowed. So ordinarily, if you're in a place where you'd even consider that, it's probably because there's other commercial spaces nearby, which most likely means that it's zoned for that. But, you know, if you're thinking that you could create an art gallery or you could create a, a place where people can come to do retreats or seminars or things like that. I mean, one thing I discovered, I did not know this ahead of time, but one thing I discovered when I bought this place is that there are actually grants available for people who are creating co-working spaces. Those sorts of things, like what is the government inducing people to do? What is the local government, you know, like in your town or area where you're considering? What kinds of grants are they giving out? Because that's an excellent way to discover what there is a need for in that community. So get excited, get some ideas rolling and see what you can reimagine. And then let me know, right? Go in the chat and let me know. Also, if you are listening to this as just as an audio file on the podcast, you might want to consider watching the video because I actually give you a, a complete tour of the building in all of its, you know, minute detail. <laughs> I give you a nice tour of the building so you can sort of see what kinds of transformations are happening. And then when it's all finished, I'll give you another tour. So that'll be uh, probably two months from now, maybe. But reach out, let me know, because I really want to hear what you're considering. 
And if you need any advice, of course, you know I'm here for free advice and also for coaching if you want to have like minute by minute, you know, really detailed advice. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.